Monday, October 11, 2021, will, I think, always be remembered as Freedom Day, the day when New South Wales, having hit that 70% double vaccination threshold, were lifted out of lockdown, well, out of the strict lockdown, Freedom Day. I saw the ocean this week with my own eyes for the first time in five months. It was great. We always knew Freedom Day was coming. For months, we've been given the roadmap out of lockdown, which through vaccination culminates in Freedom Day, the day when the lockdown ends, last Monday. Well, Daniel and the people of Judah are still in lockdown. They're in exile in Babylon, but like we've been given the roadmap out of our lockdown, in our passage today, God gives Daniel the roadmap out of exile, which culminates in freedom. That's the title of this message, the roadmap out of exile. At the start of Daniel chapter 9, which we looked at last week, Daniel prays this beautiful prayer that God would bring the exile to its promised end. Daniel has read in Jeremiah 25 God's promise that the exile would last 70 years and, well, it's been 70 years. So Daniel is praying on behalf of his people, confessing their sin and asking that on the basis of God's righteousness, not on how good the people of Judah are, that he would do what he said he would do and bring the exile to an end, that God would forgive his people have mercy on them, and allow them to return to Jerusalem and rebuild their lives in their homeland. Daniel prays that God would end the exile. The sermon from last week took this prayer of Daniel as its starting point and then followed the thread of the revelation of God's righteousness from Daniel 9 all the way to Romans 1.17, where Paul says that in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed. Well, today's message takes Daniel's prayer as a starting point as well, but moves in a different direction. Daniel says in chapter 9, verse 20, While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I've come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, Consider the word and understand the vision. Daniel has prayed that God would bring the exile to its promised end. And God responds. He sends the angel Gabriel to give Daniel the roadmap out of exile. The path forward of how God is going to bring this Exile to an end. God is finally going to do what he always promised. And he gives Daniel a sneak preview of what it's going to look like. This 
is the roadmap out of exile that Gabriel gives. Seventy sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Know and understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. Okay. Put yourself in Daniel's shoes. He's praying that God would be faithful to his promises and end the exile. And God says, yes, I will, after 77s. If most scholars take the 77s to refer to years, that's 490 years. This roadmap out of exile will take 490 years? The text doesn't give us Daniel's response, but put yourself in his shoes. I would be like, are you serious, God? 490 years? We've been in exile for 70 years because we were terrible people. Before that, we were under terrible kings for 400 years. And we too were terrible people then. Before that, in the period of the judges, we were terrible people for 400 years. Before that, under Moses and Joshua, we were terrible people complaining all the time and worshipping false gods for 40 years. And before that, we were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Things have always been terrible when humanity is under the power of sin and we can't seem to do anything to fix it. And this whole time, God, you've been promising that you would send someone who would make everything right again to really really fix the fundamental problem of humanity. And now, God, are you saying it will be 490 years until this Messiah comes? That's a long time. That is a really long time until you end the exile, God. 490 years of waiting, waiting. Two of the things that I loved to do when I was 14 was skateboard and make movies. So when I found out that there was a skateboarding film festival coming to Sydney in the summer and I could submit a skating short film to the under-18s category, I was very excited. So for months, me and my friends planned and filmed and skated and had fun and we made this skateboarding short film that we were really proud of. So I submitted it to the film festival and waited I really wanted to make the shortlist so I could attend the festival because one of my all-time favorite skaters, Steve Cab, was going to be one of the judges. So I waited two weeks until the week where they were going to email to announce the shortlist of films that had made it into the festival. Five days of waiting, checking my email every hour to see if I made it, waiting waiting. Daniel was told to wait 490 years. 490 is an interesting number. 70 times 7. The number 7 
in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, is very significant. Seven symbolizes perfection, completion, culmination. In page one of the Bible, God creates the perfect world on the seventh day. In the Ten Commandments, God commands Israel to remember the seventh day, the Sabbath day, as the culmination of the entire week. And then, building on this repeated pattern of seven in the Hebrew Bible, God says to Moses at Mount Sinai in Leviticus 25, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I'm going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years, sow your fields, and for six years, prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land itself is to have a year of rest. So every seven days, the people are to rest. Every seven years, the people are to let the land rest. And the pattern goes even further. Leviticus 25 goes on to add another seven to this pattern. Verse 8. Count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpets sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. The seven times seventh year was the ultimate celebration for the Jewish people, the year of jubilee. In the year of jubilee, every slave was to be set free. Every piece of land that was bought was to return to its original owner. And the land was to have a year of rest. This 50th year was the ultimate celebration of the goodness of God, an extravagant party of joy, celebration, generosity, and freedom that most Jews would probably only experience once in their entire life. The seven times seventh year of Jubilee symbolized perfection, completion, and culmination. And so we can see this pattern emerging of how the Hebrew Bible is building loads of symbolism and meaning into the number seven. The pattern is creating a kind of multi-tiered pyramid of sevens. Every single seven days is the Sabbath day. They happen all the time and become the foundational, repeated seven days in the Jewish rhythm. Then, Building on the foundation of Sabbath rest every seven days is the seven-year Sabbath year. These happen way less frequently and are even more so a symbol of perfection and completion and culmination. Then the final tier of this pyramid is the seven times seven year of Jubilee, the ultimate pinnacle of the Jewish rhythm of sevens. It completes the pyramid 
and culminates in this epic celebration in the seven times seventh year of Jubilee. I love thinking about the beauty and symbolism of the way that the number seven has been written and woven throughout the Hebrew Bible. I feel like I, and maybe we, have lost a lot of the beauty and richness that comes from living in rhythms, rhythms of seven and seven times seven. Because in the Hebrew Bible, the number seven is very significant. Seven means perfection, completion, culmination. So what about 70 times seven? What would that mean? Gabriel tells Daniel that the end of the exile will come after a period of 70 times 7. The anointed one, the Messiah, will come after a period of 70 times 7. Well, surely, if we're following this pattern and rhythm of 7 in the Hebrew Bible, 70 times 7 would be the ultimate perfection, completion, and culmination of 7s. 70 times 7 is the true pinnacle of the pyramid. 70 times 7 is the jubilee of jubilees. This monumental cosmic celebration of freedom and generosity in God. The jubilee of jubilees, the party of parties. 70 times 7. Gabriel says the Messiah is the jubilee of jubilees. He will come as the perfection, completion and culmination of 70 times 7. The Messiah will fulfill this pyramid pattern of sevens that all of the Hebrew Bible is pointing towards. Isaiah 9 says the Messiah will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The entire Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, tells this basic story of humanity who time after time after time, through our brokenness and our sin, disobey God and stuff up the mission that he gave us to be his image bearers on the earth, to steward all of creation under him. And so God's big solution to the problem of humanity is that one day he will send someone to do what humanity always should have done and be obedient to God, to be the truly human image of God. This is what Messiah means. And so over the course of the Hebrew Bible, there is this silhouette of what this anointed one, this Messiah, will do. The silhouette is developed over time with a bit more detail here, a bit more clarity there about who the Messiah will be and what he will do. Isaiah 61 adds to the silhouette, saying the Messiah will proclaim good news to the poor. He God has sent me, the Messiah, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The year of the Lord's favor is the seven times seven year of Jubilee from Leviticus 25. The Messiah will bring the Jubilee of Jubilees. Even here in Daniel 9, there is messianic expectation. Gabriel adds to the Messiah silhouette. In verse 24, the Messiah will finish transgression, put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Daniel 9.24. This is epic, culminating work that the Messiah will do. And so, actually, I don't think Daniel is bored and impatient and indignant with God that the end of exile is so long coming because Daniel, Daniel knows all this. He knows what the Messiah will come to do in bringing the end of the exile and the jubilee of jubilees. He knows this. This is some serious momentum building. The entire Hebrew Bible is building this pattern and rhythm of sevens. And it's saying that when the Messiah comes, it will be 70 times seven insane. The jubilee of jubilees. God will finally bring an end to this exile and make all things right in the Messiah. So now we're thinking like Daniel with this great expectation for the end of exile and the coming of the Messiah. And so Gabriel gives the roadmap out of exile. Verse 25. Know and understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one comes, the ruler comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. The roadmap out of exile is the word goes out, the world waits, and the one comes. The word goes out, the world waits, and the one comes. The word that goes out is the Cyrus decree. Persia has now taken over Babylon, and King Cyrus has come to power. And he makes a decree that allows the Jews to go home, to return from exile. This is the Cyrus decree from 2 Chronicles 36. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and also to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you may go up, and may the Lord their God be with them. 2 Chronicles 36. In response to the Cyrus decree, Many Jews do leave Babylon and go home, back to Judea. And the books of Ezra and Nehemiah tell the story of these returned Jews who rebuild Jerusalem and the temple after the exile. And so there's a sort of tension here. 
where the Jews have returned from exile. They're back in their land, back with their people, rebuilding the temple and Jerusalem. But they haven't truly returned from exile because the 70 times 7, 490-ish year period hasn't been completed yet. And the Messiah hasn't come yet. And so the Jewish people who have returned are in this kind of now and not yet waiting period. Waiting for God to truly bring the end of the exile with the coming of the long-awaited Messiah. Interestingly, I think the situation of the Jews is very similar to the situation that we are in right now in Sydney and other parts of the world. Months ago, we were given the roadmap out of lockdown and we waited suffering under COVID and lockdown until the word went out, not the Cyrus decree, the Gladys decree. Monday, October 11, 2021, 70% vaccination means freedom day, the Gladys decree. You can leave your homes again, return from lockdown. But just like the Jews coming home from exile, COVID is not really over yet. We might be out of the strictest part of lockdown here in Sydney, but things are not normal. We're still waiting. We are in the now and not yet of the roadmap out of lockdown. And so I think right now we can relate more strongly than ever to those Jews who have returned from exile in Babylon back to their homeland, but it's not quite right. The feeling of exile isn't really over yet because the Messiah hasn't come and things aren't as they should be. They're waiting, waiting still. But the word has gone out. The Cyrus decree was given, which means the countdown has begun. The Messiah is coming. He is on his way. And the true end of the exile is near. The 70 times 7 jubilee of jubilees, pinnacle event of history, is coming. Gabriel said 77s from the time the word goes out until the Messiah comes. And so approximately this 490 year long drum roll starts. The countdown has begun. The Cyrus decree has gone out. The countdown has begun. I've been calling the Old Testament the Hebrew Bible Because that's what the Jewish people called it. The Old Testament was their Bible in Hebrew. And it's the same as our Christian Old Testament, except the books were in a different order. And you know what's cool? The order of the original Hebrew Bible ends the whole thing with two chronicles. That's the last book. And you know what the last book, two chronicles, ends with? The Cyrus Decree. So, in the beautiful design of the Hebrew Bible, the entire story ends with the Cyrus Decree, which is the beginning of the countdown to Messiah. This cosmic story of human failure that has created a silhouette, the need for God to send an anointed one who will make all things right. All of this messianic expectation and anticipation, and the very last words of the entire Hebrew Bible, Old Testament, make you hold your breath. The countdown has started. And so the world waits. 
Like Gabriel said, waiting 77s. The world waits. All week, I waited to hear back from the film festival about my skating short film. I waited nervously and excitedly and increasingly concernedly. It got to Friday. All week, they were emailing people to tell them that their film was shortlisted. But I checked my emails probably every 10 minutes and nothing. So I'm waiting. Friday comes. The very last possible day, still nothing. 12 p.m., 1 p.m., 4 p.m., 5 p.m. passes, and I'm done. I've lost hope. It's too late. Until I check my email one last time, and there it was. The email saying that I had been shortlisted for this film festival, and I was ecstatic. The waiting had paid off. The wait was over. The Old Testament ended waiting for the coming of the Messiah and the end of exile. And after basically 490 years, Gabriel comes back. The same angel who announced the countdown to the Messiah now comes back to announce the coming of the Messiah. The roadmap out of exile is completed. The one comes. And now finally, in a moment of incomprehensible significance, into this beautiful Messiah silhouette that the Hebrew Bible has been painting For a thousand years, Jesus steps. Jesus steps into the frame as the Messiah and it is game on. The New Testament opens on the first page of Matthew with the genealogy of Jesus, which follows a, by now, very familiar pattern. Have you ever noticed Matthew builds a pattern of 14 generations plus 14 generations, plus 14 generations. That's six times seven. And finally, Jesus. Jesus is the seventh seven. And so Matthew beautifully presents Jesus as the perfect, complete, culminating seventh seven. The jubilee of jubilees is Jesus, the culmination of the pyramid. Jesus gives his messianic mission statement in Luke 4 which is literally reading from Isaiah 61 that we read earlier. Verse 16. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, Jesus went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. This is Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the Jubilee of Jubilees. Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Wow. Jesus is the Messiah who has come to truly end the exile. He is here. Jesus is here to preach the gospel, 
proclaim freedom for prisoners, to give sight to the blind, to set slaves free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the year of Jubilee. In Jesus, every promise of God is fulfilled. For no matter how many promises God has made in the Old Testament, they are yes in the Messiah. And so through him, the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Yes and Amen. Jesus does those six things that the Messiah was promised to do in Daniel 9. Finish transgression. Put an end to sin. Atone for wickedness. Bring in everlasting righteousness. Seal up vision and prophecy. And anoint the most holy place. The exile ends in Jesus. The exile ends in Jesus, the Messiah. Hallelujah! For every soul wandering in exile away from God, the exile ends in Jesus, the Messiah. If you feel like you are distant from God, away in exile from his presence and his promises, then hear this, because it's so true. Your exile ends in Jesus. Jesus is the way back to the Father. Every good thing is found in him, and no good thing is found without him. So come to him. Come to Jesus for your joy and your hope and your meaning, your purpose, your love, your life. Because the exile from every good thing ends in Jesus. Hallelujah. I wish we could all say that together. But type amen. So be it if you believe this. The exile ends in Jesus, the Messiah. Our freedom day has come and gone. And even though the Gladys decree has gone out and we have come out of the strictest lockdown, we are not free from COVID. It is a now and not yet kind of freedom. A taste in the present of that future freedom. Now and not yet. And even spiritually, we're in a now and not yet. Jesus brought the exile to an end. But we're not home yet. We're not quite home yet. So long as this world sits in sin and error pining, we are not home. Not till he appears again. And on that day, there will be no more exile from God in the new creation. Because the exile ends in Jesus today. Hallelujah. And the exile will end in Jesus on that day. It's now and not yet. And so, like Daniel, we look to the future and trust God has everything under control. He knew this whole roadmap and we trust him and we have hope. If you have been wandering for long enough in exile from God, out of relationship with him and connection with his presence and his promise, come to Jesus in prayer with me now because the exile ends in Jesus. And if you have already gratefully come to Jesus to end the exile, then, like Daniel, hold on. Persevere in hope until the end. Cling to Jesus because the exile ends in Jesus and the exile will end in Jesus. Let me pray. Jesus, we stand before you now 
utterly grateful for everything that you are and everything that you have done. God, humanity has waited so, so long for the coming of the Messiah to fix everything. And hallelujah, Jesus is here and the exile has ended. So I'm praying for everyone right now who has not put their faith in Jesus, who feels like they are wandering in exile away from God and every good thing and the deliverance and freedom that he offers. God, for those who feel like that, we come to Jesus in prayer right now and the exile ends in Jesus today. And God, for those of us who've been Christians for a while, who have gratefully accepted the free gift of forgiveness and freedom and the end of exile that Jesus offers, but Lord, we still feel like we're in a now and not yet. We are in this broken world still. Lord, would you give us hope and perseverance? God, as we turn our eyes to the gospel, which is the righteousness of God revealed, would you give us hope? Hope to last in these uncertain and difficult and painful days. Lord, help us to believe, to know, not just know with our head, but know with our heart that the exile ends in Jesus and the exile will end in Jesus. And so we pray in the name of this Jesus Messiah, beautiful Savior, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.